Last week, Al spoke to us um, about Jesus is in us, he's in you, he lives inside us by his spirit, and it's the life of his spirit that enables us to participate in being part of his kingdom and being part of his church, being part of his body on the earth. Today, we're going to look at the first in the series based on the, the book, Jesus Is, and we can look at passages of scripture through the term and so forth as we go through that. If you haven't got the book yet, do get it. It's very readable, and you'll find it a really helpful complement to what we're doing together. Today's title is Jesus is Your Friend. I wonder if you knew that. Jesus is your friend. Three stories and one message. Zacchaeus, Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read you an edited version. Jesus entered Jericho. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very underlined rich. Jesus called him by name Zacchaeus. Quick, I must be a guest in your home today. But the people were displeased. He's gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. What's the conclusion of the passage? Salvation has come to this house today, Jesus says. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Jesus has come into Jericho. Did you know Jericho was not even supposed to exist? God had said after it had been collapsed in the Old Testament, don't rebuild it. But they had. Jesus enters the results of disobedience. Isn't that encouraging for you and for me? Even when you've been disobedient, God wants you to know this morning, he enters even into those places, and he's ready to meet you in those circumstances. Zacchaeus is very rich. He's very unpopular. He's an outcast. He's a notorious sinner, inverted commas. Jesus seeks him out. He spends time with him. He loves him. He accepts him. He saves him. He transforms his life, and his behavior changes as a consequence. And Jesus says at the end, I came to seek and save those who are lost. Second story, Matthew. Matthew chapter 9, verses 9 to 13. Jesus calls another tax collector. And he says to him, follow me and be my disciple. And then Jesus and his disciples all go there for dinner, and there's, the Bible tells us many tax collectors with other disreputable sinners. This is quite a crew that they're having their meal with. Just think about what that looks like for a minute. And the Pharisees say, well, they see what it looks like. Why are you eating with such scum, is the word the NLT uses, to try to convey the meaning of the New Testament. You can't get much worse than that. And what does Jesus say? I've come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those, paraphrasing, who know they're not. So who is that in your world? Well, I hope, first of all, that it's you. Because every single one of us, the Bible makes it incredibly clear, spells it out for us, falls way short of the perfection and glory of God and desperately needs the forgiveness of God and reconciliation with him through his son, Jesus Christ, in order to have a relationship with him. It's for those who know they need 
forgiveness. That's the one Jesus came for. So who is that in your world? I hope it's you. But who is it around you, I wonder? People actually know they need God's forgiveness. They know they've got a problem. Do you know you've got a problem even sitting here this morning? And Jesus says to his disciples, that's where the harvest is. I'll just leave that one with you to think about. Story three, a woman caught in adultery, John chapter eight. The Pharisees want to stone her. That's their proposal. Jesus, by contrast, has absolute compassion and does not condemn her. And he says, in fact, to her, I don't condemn you. Go and sin no more. And that is both, that last phrase, both an instruction and a declaration of her freedom. I wonder if you ever thought of it that way before. She has a new way of living, just as Zacchaeus did. So what's the message? Jesus is a friend of sinners. That's what he came to be. He loves and accepts anyone and everyone who turns to him. That's encouraging for every one of us in this room, whether you have already turned to him or whether you haven't. If you have turned to him, you are assured of his acceptance. If you haven't, if you turn to him, you are also will be assured of his acceptance because that's what he came for. Do you know this has always been God's heart? Don't think of this just as a New Testament thing. Very, very quickly, Leviticus chapter 1 God gives instructions about having a burnt offering. And he says, in order that you may be accepted by the Lord, making you right with him. And then he says that the fire on that altar must never go out. What does that tell us? It tells us that God's heart right from the beginning, even with the people of Israel, was that this relationship that the burnt offering made possible with God was always to be available. That's why the the, the fire must never go out. The way is always open. It's permanent. In Jesus Christ, who made a once and for all sacrifice that replaces any need for any other sacrifice, we have therefore also a permanent access into the very presence of God. It was always God's heart, and it still is for you today. Therefore, he's calling you and me to be his friend he came to be our friend. And that means permanent, unbroken relationship. What a promise. And he's also calling us to be the friends of people that he came to save. To those who think, not to those who think that they're righteous, but to those who know they're not. Who is that in your world? Holy Spirit. Write on our hearts these truths. That if we know you already, you long for unbroken relationship with us that you've made possible on the cross. Lead us to the people around us who know they need you because that's where the harvest is. We're going to take some time in groups now.
and those two questions that come up on the screen. And Al is going to steer you through as you have some time to reflect on what we've just said.